going back to this uh, Mother Bradshaw, they they like I said, they were like uh, it was like uh, robbery central that place. And did you um, get any uh, blowback on running into this religious place? Yes, yeah, we always did, and we 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 would you know the Rip guys, and then later when I got into Rip. Um, we had them identified in several robberies, usually commercial. Um, but what happened was, is that they, um, I was in homicide at the time and two of my crime partners, one was in the Rob Brooklyn robbery and the other one was, uh, in apprehension. And I had caught a murder in the six, seven that came back to these guys. Um, and my partner in homicide had caught another murder that came back to these guys and Two young guys, sort of my protégés, uh, Junior and Devo, were young cops who were in the rip now. So it was like past, present, and future. You know, we got everybody together and we did a big Fed case on the place. And we blew up the whole operation. Oh, nice. We got them for like, you know, 20, 30 commercial robberies from, from here to Baltimore. They, dozens of shootings. Did them or what? I'm sorry, what's that? Did the Feds Rico them? Yes, they did the uh, Hobbs Act on them. Oh, cool. You know, they had stake, you know, so yeah. we we banged out, uh, you know, like eight of them, you know, for, for, you know, murders, shootings, and a bunch of cases. And it was good because it was every time we had these guys ID'd, something would happen. Um, the complainant would lose interest. Yeah. We later found out they had an in in the police department who was giving them complainants uh, uh, information, and they were calling the complainants and threatening them. Yeah, it was it was sickening to hear that, but uh, and he got locked up too, thankfully, you know. The guy who was giving the information. Yeah, okay. you know. Good. But um, yeah, so that was like a transition, you know, where like you know we weren't able to do it in crime, but we got to rip, and then we all got together, and then we moved on from rip to different commands, and we were able to go back to our roots with the young guys and hook up, and and you know get these guys off the street, which was great, you know. You know, it's so great when you can uh, you can follow an investigation right at a time and, and see it really come together and put away the bad guy. Whereas an anti-crime, you know, you're making street arrest and you really don't get a chance to do that. Right. You know, Rip, you could, you could keep, that's why I thought, you know, to me, that was the best, the best job I ever had. Because you could play, you know, you could play, you know, cops and robbers, you could be on the street and you could follow it up. You know, if somebody got robbed and he didn't find the perp, well, you know, you can, you know, whatever. You follow it up. You show them pictures. You, you know, you do canvas. You know, you know, canvas for for other witnesses and stuff like that. You right. follow the case through a lot more. You yeah, know? no, Rip Rip was a great program. You know, great program. Yeah. Now I think it's relegated to. Uh, they called it Ram for a while. Yeah, they did like a burglar. They watered it down. They it Ram. Yeah. They gave them burglaries and robberies. Right. I got a feeling it's going to go back all the way back to rip once robberies start going through the roof again. You know? Yeah. Well, you know, you know, robbery too. I mean, the, the thing with rip is that you got to do everything. I mean, you interviewed victims, you did interrogation on subjects, you did lineups, takeout orders, photo arrays, all that stuff you need to do detective work. No one did more lineups than rip. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, some, some classic ones too, you know, you know, uh, you know, he had the guy to come in, you know, uh, he looks, looks and he goes, oh, very good work, detective. You got all of them. <laughs> uh, no, not really. Uh, like, well, is that a hit? Because he did pick out our subject, but he picked out everybody else. Is that a hit or not? You know, 
Yeah. Some people would look, you know. It was all the five of cops. <laughs> you know, I had one guy one time, he looked, he ran, and we never, we never saw the guy again. Yeah. He got so scared. And that was sometimes, you know, you see that too. I, I had a guy that on a pattern in the rip. And he, not a bright guy uh, by any stretch. He was doing uh, robberies on a bike with a gun in February when nobody else had a bike. Um, but, and he robbed every sweetheart woman in the neighborhood. School teachers, nurses, working girls, college. I mean, and, and this guy, you weren't going to miss ID this guy. He just was very distinctive looking. I mean, uh, you know, uh, he just wasn't a handsome guy, so to speak. He really <laughs> but I tell you, he scared, the, he scared the hell out of these ladies. And when we did, you know, we did the lineups and then he went in and then we did a takeout order. And when he did, we did the next set, you know, he had his lawyer with him. Yeah. And I remember saying to the lawyer, Look, you see how these women, when they look, you know, because the lawyer gets the view of the lineup and that. Right. You're scared these women want to see how violent this stuff is, you know. I mean, you didn't know what to say, you know. Like, you know, I know he's doing his job and all that, but I could just, you know, down in court, it's like, you know, all these ladies were lying and they picked the wrong guy and right. everybody looked the same. And, uh, you know, this guy stuck out. There was five white guys in with him or something crazy shit they make up. I always and, used to have to brief the lawyer. You know, because I was yeah. in the lineup and say, Counselor, as you know, you can observe. Do not open your mouth in there. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, you know, yeah. They they sometimes they would anyway. Yeah. No, they would. I, I never liked that part of it, too, because it, it was an intimidation factor. Like, who's that? They know it's not another detective. Right. But the lawyer for, for, he's just a lawyer to watch. You know, I didn't, uh, I didn't like the fact that how our room was set up, that he would be standing there with me and the witness and he would be there watching you know right um and then regardless everything was on the up and up but he'd still make accusations that you did this that and the other and how about now and i don't know specifically actually tomorrow i've been out nine years wow. first right. 2011 i retired but they were sort of uh, going to what they call the double blind lineup yeah and I don't know if they have if they've ever done that yet, but they yeah, that, they've done it. They were doing it. We were phasing it in when I was still there, and photo photo array showings also. You know, having yeah, I always thought like the question, uh, the subject may not be in the lineup, and I always felt that was unfair to the victim, because like, well, then why am I here if the guy who did describe to me may not be in there? You know what yeah. I mean? I just yeah. Felt yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I didn't really mind that much. It's just, it, it was, um, like I said, you could only make it so fair, you know? I mean, and, and my thing is, you know, how, you know, it's the guy or it's not the guy. You could put five other people in and it. And most of these, most of these identifications were like, oh yeah, I went to Tilda with him. Oh, he goes to, you know, Rasmataz or Rasmus. Uh, you know, I go to, uh, you know, Wingate. You know, whatever, everybody, like, you sort of seen the person before. Very, very rarely was a complete stranger. Right. You know? And even when that was, I mean, you know, really, like I said, we used to get all our fillers from the armory. You know, we asked, uh, if you had, like, a 20-year-old suspect, if you went and got 20, you know, tried to find 25, 20, uh, 20-year-old 20 guys to sit in the lineup, they'd be like, I ain't sitting in the lineup. You know, what happens if I get picked? Yeah, no way. And even more impossible with the juvenile lineup. Yeah, yeah. I, got, I got jammed up one time over that because I, we didn't get written permission, you know. Yeah, yeah, that, they're, they're tough things to put together, you know. And, no, impossible. And the police department yeah. wants no part of it. 
Oh, yeah. you guys got to figure this out. What do you mean? No one wants to be in the juvenile lineup, you yeah. know? Nobody wants to be in the 25-year-olds to play a 15-year-old, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you know what? I, I could really, I could probably count on one hand the amount of mishits I got. I had people that say I don't recognize anybody, but they never say that, you know, it's number two, that's him, that's the guy. And it was really, the subject was number three. It was either no hit um, or a hit. It wasn't like I said, they, they identified um, the wrong guy. You know? Yeah. No, uh, but the armory was always fun. You know, we used to go down to the armory on Bedford Avenue in the 7 7 and get our fillers there. So when you pulled up in the squad car, they came running out for that. For that ten dollar bill, they're usually ten bucks. They could be there for three hours too, right? Guys, they climb into the car, they lay on the hood. You know, they do anything. <laughs> you know, and uh, I used to hate when um, dry. You know, you need you need a beard. No, no, no beards. They'd be dry shaven and know, you know, you know, hair be flying all over the place. And, but I used to hate when you do a lot of lineups and there was no money left. And yeah, then, of course the the police department just expected that yeah. you would use your own money till the check came in, right? And, and and then these guys wanted a ride back to the armory now. So <laughs> and that that oh, it didn't go over really. But I another funny story about the armory. One time I pulled up, me and Higgins, we we got the desk officer asked, us, shoot this guy down the central book in the lodger. You know, somebody had a collar was tied up or whatever. So we go down there, we're passing the armory. And first I think they're running towards us because you know, they you know, we're looking for lineup fillers, but there's a guy there parked in a car, dread. And he's got a duffel bag and he's, it's filled with money. And he's got the windows open and he's literally throwing money out on the street. Running yeah. And it, the whole armory is empty now. This guy's screaming, yelling, his money blowing all over the street, you know? So, um, you know, I call over to the guy, hey, Ross, what'd you do? Rob a bank? Oh, no, man, I'm just helping out the less fortunate. I said, oh, yeah, pull up, just hold up a second. So I go, go over to, you know, pull behind him. He takes off, and now the chase is on. So we're chasing the car, and, and the guys in the armory are chasing us. There's money all over. God knows how much money is blowing all out the window. We chase him around. We wound up getting him, and uh, he had a gun on him and, and that. And so still, he still had like $1,100 in the duffel bag. So I don't know what he started with. But, um, yeah, so we called him, and uh, the guy in the back wasn't too happy about it, the guy on his way to Central Booking. <laughs> you know, he got it right. You know, he wound up suing us and everything because we put his life in danger. Oh, um, what was the money from? He was a he was a weed dealer, a big weed dealer, as it turned out. And at the time, the guys at Rip had some uh, uh, marshals, you know, doing like a task force thing, and they like sort of enhanced it and wound up doing a a search warrant on his house and came up with like nine other guns and like a half a million dollars. So turned out to be good, but. You guys had serious guys in that six seven precinct area there, huh? I'm sorry, what's that? You had some serious criminals in there. Yeah, we had a we had a you know nice array of, nice array of a uh, lot, lot of talent there. A nice rogues gallery of criminals. Yes. <laughs> you know what it is because it's not like uh, um, it's it's you ride through the night you know daytime and stuff. It's a nice neighborhood. Said it's not loaded with projects. There are apartment buildings, but not, you know, big massive apartment buildings. It's pretty much a middle class, especially the south end is all, you know, nice, you know, uh, uh, semi and, and some even detached homes all around. So, uh, 
you know, if if you were, you know, like a, you know, a you know, a player from the north or somewhere else, you know, you settle down to um, maybe south end of the six seven in a private house, right? You know, um, and then later on, guys like that wind up moving to Canarsie when, uh, and that's what turned Canarsie quite a bit. You know, it was like the home invasion capital of the world, uh, Canarsie after that. You know. And that was all. That was all from the drug trade, right? Well, the guys didn't want to live on New Lots Avenue in Brownsville. They could go to the Paddockets in Canarsie and live in a big home or a yard, and you know they weren't bothered by anybody. But every once in a while, you know, whatever would happen, and there'd be a shooting or a home invasion type thing. Hmm. So sounds like a really exciting uh, precinct to work in. Yeah, and like I said, Rip, we had uh, we had. I think my first year we had three thousand robberies in, in the command. Wow! And it Did was you have a lot of other units working in the six seven, like uh, DEA and. Uh, no. They Every there. once in a while, the squad would have a case, maybe the FBI. And that one time, um, you know, um, they had like an operation. I think gun smoke or something they call it, where the marshals came in, and would you know similar to what trigger lock was and stuff like that. They take some of these guys, and instead of it just being in a a gun, gun collar, and you know, in and out of jail, like they hammered some guys, you know. Um, so the feds really the feds would take them, trigger lock them, they could, go yeah, 15 years for a gun, right? Right, yeah. Then you know, the press was most guys were legal aliens on top of it, and the gun charge, previous you know, violent arrest, and that. And they they went to jail, I mean, real jail for a long yeah, time, yeah. you know. Well, you know, a lot of the um, the people from the Caribbean. I mean, they come over here and their police in the Caribbean, Jamaican police, and the, they're really violent. Yes, yeah. I mean, 10 times more violent than the NYPD. Right. And I think the NYPD is pretty restrained. But even all those Caribbean islands, they don't play, man. No. I mean, the cops there, every one of them has probably been in a shooting or two, you know? Yeah, now there's some heavy spots. You know, they have the area called the Concrete Jungle, uh, Tivoli Gardens, and, you know, a lot of the... Uh, the the factions, the drug factions, and the police are driven by political parties, right? Um, and yeah, there was no. Uh, I, I don't think they'd be. Uh, you know, you look at what people get upset, and I, believe me, I don't think it should be the way it is. I mean, this is the United States. I understand we have a constitution, a bill of rights, you know. But if what went on in Jamaica went on here, people really have a complaint. <laughs> oh yeah, you forget about it, you know. Yeah. But you also they're dealing with you know like in Kingston they're dealing with these gangs. Yeah. The kingpin of the gang is 15 years old. Right. Yeah. It's like. Yeah. Crazy know, stuff. Yeah. Those so violent. You know, it's like. Yeah. Uh, and then they come here and they're like, oh, they learn the law real fast, right? Right. They can. And well, they also, they also learn how to, uh, you know, get around things, giving fake names, realizing that okay. You, you know, you get caught with a gun, you're probably not going to go to jail, you know. Um, and being the fact that you're an illegal alien, no one even thought twice about that, um, which to me always used to be like a, a thing. Like, you know, like Colin Ferguson, the Long Island Railroad, he got locked up in the 6-7 with a gun, you know. And, the, you know, whatever. Maybe he got indicted, maybe he didn't. You know, he must have gotten indicted because the collar's still on the record. But, you know, he never went to, he never went to jail and he never was um, deported. So when where that incident was happened, Ferguson from? I'm sorry. Where was Colin Ferguson? He was a Jamaican national. Oh, he's Jamaican. Yeah, and he lived over on Martin Street. 
but more people were really caught up in all the gun, you know, illegal guns, stop the flow of guns than they were about, well, not for nothing. He was here illegally. He got arrested and, and we let him go when he was out on the street again. You know, without getting into the whole gun uh, gun laws, I mean, I, I think a bigger issue was is that we had this guy and we uh, we didn't do anything with him. Well, I think that was very common back then. To yes. If you get arrested, they didn't deport him, you know. Right. And now and I that think never happened. The law now, I think, is that you have to do a mandatory five years here and then yeah. they deport you, right? Yeah. You know, I remember talking to those times, too, you know, from guys from other cities saying oh what's going on i heard you got you know because they would call before the you know the jamaicans were like brooklyn was sort of uh or flatbush east flatbush was sort of like uh you know uh it's like the mayfly it was like uh plymouth rock right uh for for, for some you know rastafarians and a lot of the jamaicans and then they spread out and then they would start a factions and you know wherever miami kansas city and they used to ask like you know you know so we would get a lot of calls from out-of-town departments with these guys. What could we do? I said, you have to put them in jail. Anybody that commits a violent crime has to go to jail. Because once that word's out, you know, uh, you know, it... Uh, it emboldens them. Right. What's the word that they can go there and give a fake name and walk out the door in a couple of days? They're not leaving. You know, meanwhile, places like out here in Nassau County, you know, if, if you got arrested for, you know stealing a you know uh, something out of roosevelt field in the mall you know you would get if you've got a gave a brooklyn address you were getting 1129 you know you weren't getting like in and out so that's why nobody came out here right right they would do all that stuff i mean it changed eventually over time it wore down but that was a big thing you know and uh nobody wants to go to jail especially those guys you know well that's you know mike that's the scary thing now is that uh we lived through this uh, heavy-duty crime and the, uh, you know, the crack wars and all of that stuff, and this whole catch-and-release philosophy that this one uh, political party has isn't going to fly, man. Over the long term, you're going to see many, uh, you know, Baltimore's, many Chicago's, many Portland's, many. Let's you call it what it is. Many New York cities. Yeah. New York City. I always thought, what's going to happen? When the crime numbers start going bad in New York City, or oh, this guy's going to get fired, this guy's going to get transferred. It's happening. Yeah, right? and it's not like you can really blame the police because they're so, you know, they're so handicapped by the politicians. I know. And you know what? Their job. You know. What did it take to turn? You know, you had to get a Republican in there to turn it around the first time. And a lot of, a lot of guys lost. Uh, you know, a lot of people got hurt. Good people, you know, civilian and police officers. A lot of police officers suffered for it, whether it be divorce, alcoholism, or heart attacks, or getting shot and killed, or whatever it is. A lot of people put a lot into that to make the city, um, you know, the great city that it that it that it should be. And then you just gave it all away for what? You know, it wasn't yours to give away to begin with. Okay, that's for sure. Now, that's the thing. You're speaking. You got some tattooed, you know, pierced ear, pierced nose uh, girl, or some soccer mom screaming about, uh, you know, the police and what they're doing to the poor, uh, the, you know, to this poor guy. And meanwhile, they don't live that life. They have no idea what how it is to live and work in, in some neighborhoods in, in a city and other big cities. You know, most people, the only people that have a right to speak are the people that that live and work there. 
You know, nobody should tell anybody else how to live and what's right and wrong. Let those people come out. Absolutely. You have, you, you know, you have a knucklehead once in a while who's, who's doing it for his own, uh, you know, his own reasons to speak out against the cops. But for the most part, all the good people, that no one, no one bothers with them. Well, you know what it's like. You can compare it to if the police can't arrest the offenders of these crimes. It's almost like letting the bully control the neighborhood. Right. You know, because the people count on the bully being put in his place by the police. Yeah. But if the police can't put him in his place because they're being restrained by these laws, they, I don't know if you saw it. There's just an article that head of the MTA is blaming the police for not making enough arrests on the transit system. Yeah. Hello, guy. Who who appointed you? Cuomo? Go talk to him. You know, that's who's done this. Well, that's that's the with all the stuff that's going on today. It's because everything that comes around, they wind up blaming on the people who aren't responsible. Right, right. You know, whether it be, you know, a Biden-Trump thing or whatever it is, it's like, wait a minute. I didn't do it. You did that. Now I'm getting blamed for something you did. And you're saying I did it. Well, right. I, well, I didn't do it. It's like bizarre. I, I, I can't, you know, I can't understand it. It's like, it's really ridiculous. So like I said, do you really want your police? Listen, I'm not for police brutality and go out and kick everybody's ass. That's not, I was never like that. You know what? I would have never survived like that. Even back then in the 80s. You know, it wasn't 1960, it wasn't 1940, it was 1980, 1990. You, you didn't, uh, you couldn't, and you wouldn't go out and just violate people's rights and beat people up. Right. Uh, but you did police work, and you had to be rough at times. I mean, uh, I, I wasn't a rough guy, a tough guy. Higgins was, I wasn't, and there was a lot of tough guys I worked with, but you had to be the police. Like I said earlier, you still, you had to be that way. And well, what is it when you, you know, like I said, how can you stand? Yeah. No, I'm sorry. What's that? Sometimes police work isn't pretty. You know, it's ugly. It's well, ugly sometimes. And, uh, yeah, you, know, everybody, you know, everybody loves sausage, but nobody wants to see it being made. See it being made. Yeah. That's a, yeah. <laughs> but remember yeah. just recently, a couple of months ago, Warren's grabbed the guy off the street. It was like a by the book arrest yeah. as far as the police is concerned. De Blasio and all these jackasses got upset at it because they didn't like the way it looked. I know. You know what I? Th you know what I think it might um, help. I mean, I don't know if they'd ever do it. The ride along program. Have you ever heard of of that at all? Yeah, I've heard of it. Yeah, yeah. I I actually did it a few times. You know, during my well, we, they put people in. You know, whatever reporters and stuff in the back of a radio car. And I really think some people really need need that. Yeah, uh, I think a lot of these politicians could use that. I mean, sit in the back of the radio car and do a late tour in the seven three, on on a, on a summer night, and, and just just ride with the cops, you know. Yeah. And I think they should even if they don't do it to like do it to um, let the DAs come out. They're going to prosecute the case. Let them come out. I thought oh, that the DAs used to wants to do it. No, know? I thought the DAs used to do that. Um, they may have. I've never done it. I've I've gone out with um, uh, DAs to crime scenes because they want to see them. Right. Which is like a big production. Of, can we bring more guys? Can I get a vest? You know, right. all that kind of stuff. But like, wait a minute. You know, uh, we're just going out there to you know to you know take a look at the scene type thing. Well, you know, it's funny in a lot of jurisdictions. If there's a homicide, the DA shows up on the scene. That's the last thing you want. Is the DA right. yeah. wait around at yeah. a crime scene? You know what I mean? Yeah. 
No, no, we'll deliver it to you later on. Get the fuck out of yeah. here. In Westchester, the DA shows up. Imagine that. Yeah, yeah no, I know it's happening. You know, when I want to, you know, I, like I used to say to a couple of the DAs, I'd say, like, you know, um, you know, it's like law and order. You know, you watch Law and Order. Well, I, you know, I watched the first half hour of Law and Order, then they turn it off. You know, so uh, you, I'll, when it's your turn, it's your turn. Right. You know, the thing that um, I could, I could never stand about Law and Order is every time they make the arrest, they start re reading Miranda as they're yeah. walking away. I was like, who told them to do that? It's so yeah. ridiculous. It's like, you know. I think it goes back to the old Dragnet show, you know, when Miranda was, was, uh, became law, you know, then they started putting it in, uh, you know, on the Dragnet shows. Right. I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, who, 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 you know, really, yeah, you, you do, you know, Miranda has to be read at certain times, but it's not the, you know, you do that. like on yeah, every, every homicide detective knows you never do it on the scene, you know? Right. Yeah. No. Well, you know, you, you, you want to make it a comfort thing. You know, you don't want to do anything on the scene. No, of course. Bring the person back to the house, sit down, talk, you know, and then you, you know, and then you get, you know, if Miranda is, is required, then you, you do it. Right. Exactly. But, you know, sometimes, you know, you, you see even cops, they start thinking that the TV cops are the real cops, you know, like yeah. uh, Monday, I'm having two uh, detectives from Manhattan Special Victims on police off the cuff and I'm, I'm going through all this stuff and i see you know just to make a flyer and i see on google oh the emblem from manhattan special victim squad but it turns out it was from the tv show i'm not using wow. that shit those are the tv cops we have the real police you know the one thing everybody loves the tv cops yeah they can beat people you know get illegal confessions hang people out windows and stuff but everybody loves them right right exactly wow. They love but to see it's the real cops they don't like. Even Blue Blood's the one guy who's the hardest guy. I don't even know his name. I can't even watch it. He's, he's so played out, that guy. Yeah. Donnie, Donnie, what's his uh, name? Oh, uh, uh, Wahlberg? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, the guy, every every day is always, you know, like, like this yeah. hardest guy. Okay, dude, we get it. You're tough, all right? You know? But it's yeah. just, like, you know, like from doing real police work, that whole that whole act doesn't work. You know? No. Just yeah. if you're a detective, you got to be more... Uh, you know, sort of more democratic than that. You got to be able to talk to people and schmooze yeah. people, you know? And, and, you know, that's the other, you know, you used to get that from the defense attorneys. Isn't it true? You know, you smack my client, you called him a bad name, you beat him up. Or yeah, I mean, here I am beating your client who could kick my ass, uh, you know, <laughs> the Sunday. Here I am beating him to make him tell me what I, what I want to hear. Right, right. First of all, it would be the last thing you do is start, you know, smacking a guy, uh, you know, around. You know, that's a way to get him to uh, to cooperate and tell tell what you know a story, uh, you know, of what happened. It's it's ridiculous, you know. It's well, you know, Mike. It's funny when I, even when I was first, uh, I made sergeant when I had four years, ten months on the job. So oh, I, wow. right. I came up that way, you know, anti crime. Yeah. I had already been in, but I came came the anti crime sergeant, then the rip sergeant, and then squad and all that other shit but i didn't totally understand when i first got into doing investigation that you get way more out of schmoozing people right than you do of being a hard ass because right. a guy who just committed a murder he's not afraid of you no. no you can say to him that's gonna make ooh, 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 yeah. you know so you got to use your mind you know well it was the same thing even on a different scale was like when you stop people 
You know, if you stop, you know, for whatever reason, if you stop a person, you don't have to throw them against the wall and smack them in the head and, and, and say something derogatory to them. Right. There's a nice way of stopping someone and, 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 and tossing them even, you know? Yeah. And, uh, well, and, I'll say something that I'm sure you heard a million times. After you stop them and they don't have anything, even with a good taste in their mouth. Right. Right. Yeah. And that and was party. where we worked, the, um, they weren't most of the, the population, the guys there were, were, they were big on respect. They weren't uh, receptive to, uh, you know, being, you know, uh, any, any real rough stuff, you know, right. unless it was on, on, you know, and you guys, you know, from street crime or task force crime would breeze through now and then on, on whatever. And they used to have a hard time with that because they, you know, we had more of a rapport with the, with the local guys and we knew people, they, you know, we knew who they were. They called us by name, by nickname or whatever. Right. We had that. And, I'm uh, dying here. What was your nickname, Mike? <laughs> I had a couple. Actually, one, uh, I used to, guys up in the 90s used to call me uh, Chucky Boy. You know, that, <laughs> that, 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 that's that, great. That yeah. Uh, and then, because uh, I used to wear a baseball hat, my hair was a little longer, shaggy at the Chucky time. Chucky Boy, that's great. You know, so, uh, that and Blue Eyes is another name and stuff yeah. like that. And, uh...